In a world controlled by passionless conglomerates, there's a place where artisanal producers bravely break the boundaries and craft wine, beer, and spirits their own way. That place is Tin City, and this is their story. You've tuned in to the Tin City Podcast with Patrick Brooks and George Newmare. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Tin City Podcast. I'm Patrick Brooks. And I'm George Newmare. And we're here to talk about all things Tin City. And a lot of things that aren't. That's right. Today, Aaron Jackson Wines. Stop. Aaron Wines. Not Aaron Jackson Wines. <laughs> I, get, I get a fucking phone call every time I say Aaron Jackson Wines from Kendall Jackson's fucking law firm. We're not going to edit this out. <laughs> Aaron is the name, and Petite Syrah is the game. We're here with Aaron Jackson of Aaron Wines and Nick Pearl, his illustrious assistant winemaker. Gentlemen, nice to see you. Happy to be here. We're going to go ahead and, and begin this with a cheers. Like we always do, we're going to get into the wines here in just a second. First, let's start with an old-fashioned. Liquor's <laughs> quicker. Ah, <laughs> cheers, Merry guys. Christmas, boys. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. holidays. Happy Hanukkah, too. Thank you for so, the festive cocktail, by the way. It's a delicious. festive cocktail. Now, I always say, and this, this is offensive to some winemakers, but I always say brandy's what wine wants to be when it grows up one day. Yep. And <laughs> they all go, screw you, Patrick. No, <laughs> we were man. friends. So th- this actually has some Aaron wine in it, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so that, that's brandy distilled from a uh, blend of some Tin City uh, wineries. And are, you, are you saying this is the best my wine has ever tasted? Is that what you're trying to say right now? It's pretty good on its own, man. You don't, you don't, need, to, you don't need to adulter it. It's always good, Aaron. Yeah, we made a little uh, uh, Aztec chocolate old-fashioned here with mm. some brandy from Aaron Wines. And a little of that Liquor 43, the thing I'm hooked on these days. Yeah. So I can like other distilleries, too. It's pretty scrumptious stuff. But we're, we're here to talk to the boys from Aaron Wines today. Yeah, we're next door neighbors. I love that about you. We uh, been through a lot over these many years, but even to this day, like when I have a super technical question, I just go next door. You know, you're the only guy I know in this winemaking business, and I know a lot of people in this winemaking business, but the only one I know that even has a master's in enology, mm-hmm. right? Like if I have a serious question, this is the, this is where I go. I think the wines really show through. Whenever people say like, where should I go for Petit Syrah? I'm like, you don't have to go that far. It's like 20 steps that direction because it's the ticket. We're going to try some award-winning Petit Syrah here in just a second, as well as some other wines. But real quickly, guys, I want to talk about the Tin City Forklift Parade that happened the other day. Tin City had our, our fourth forklift parade, third forklift parade. It's all blurring me now. Third and four City. years, you know. Yeah, third and four. There, yeah, there's like this gap in time, right? Like the, the pandemic and everything. It's like this like time warp. I don't really remember what happened for two years. It's not my fault. There's something else going on. I like to think in the forklift play that we, we win at least like a, some sort of honorable mention for crappiest forklifts to anyone in Tin City. Because <laughs> our forklifts are pretty crappy. <laughs> and we have two of them, you know, so it's amazing. We have two of the crappiest forklifts probably in Tin City. And, and, and they're all hand-me-downs. Our that, original forklift was a hand-me-down from Booker yeah. that we bought, which, which was already a piece of shit when we bought it and then died. <laughs> and we bought uh, a replacement that was the same one that was also already a piece of crap. And then my more recent one is actually a hand-me-down from Xavier at Union Sacre, which was already beat to crap when we got it and we're just we're just gonna milk that thing till it's done for sure oh the french beat up those forklifts they don't do. they? they do i i think in the forklift parade when we were announcing it i called it a uh, 1994 uh, clark pos yeah so <laughs> thank god that's that's about correct <laughs> i thought it was clever with the whole clark griswold mention it i think you good. need to tell the the listeners what your uh theme was for your forklift oh yeah we so we did uh christmas vacation 
So we had our intern Blake driving the tree on top, and of course the green Clark forklift named Clark Griswold. And then we had Auntie with her Jello mold sitting on the front. Mo- Molly sacrificed herself for that. Yeah, I heard there was Jello all over the place when they were done. Like, over the forklift, she's hitting kids with it, or she's <laughs> throwing <laughs> the kids. Away. Well, with the way Blake drives a forklift, yeah. you know. Uh, there you go. He, he, so. He's the most Chevy Chase of all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was perfect, and he's the, the only one that's never seen the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I had to show him the trailer right before he started. I was like, look, you have to embody this as best you can. Okay. Uh, you know, you, you brought up a couple of the other employees here at Aaron Wines too, and like one of the things that I always notice when I look over here, uh, whether it be the forklift parade or just the standard day at work, everybody is smiling. Well, they, there's, two, there's, there's several reasons for that. Okay, I'm just going to jump in here for a second. <laughs> first of all. You know, um, you know, I'm grateful that whenever Patrick has a technical question, he comes to comes to me for answers, which is great. And, and the reality is that every time I'm having a rough day, I get to go to Patrick, and he <laughs> makes me something strong and alcoholic, and my day gets better. So, yeah, and it's also a big reason why maybe everyone at the winery is always smiling. <laughs> Because we live too damn close yeah. to the distillery. <laughs> Lem- lemonade on demand, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, lemonade you look on like demand. you're having a rough day. Here you go, guys. Here's a bunch of lemonades. Lemonade on tap. Lemonade yeah. <laughs> in, on, on IV. You yeah. name it. So, uh, no, <laughs> I think there's a good culture over here. Yeah. That's something that I always enjoy. You know, like it's Nick grilling up on the Traeger that you guys have mm. and making all of Tin City smell amazing. Or you know, whatever you guys got going on. You guys have a lot, a lot of, like, retreats I know you guys all do. Mm-hmm. Um, you go up Me as too. a team camping and all that. Uh, we're going to get into, you know, your Big Sur and the ocean and all that. It's a big part of Aaron Wines. You guys just have a, a good happy-go-lucky thing going on. And sure, yeah, yeah, the alcohol helps. But I think that it's a lot more than that. Well, I and, I, and I do always enjoy looking over here and seeing the happy-go-lucky Happy campers of of Aaron Wines, and it shines through in the vino too. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah I think that's something we work really hard on. I mean, I think <clears throat> you know I've, I've been making wine for twenty years, and I, I know I'm not that old. Yeah, can you, can you go into that because like I know people meet you sometimes, and they're like, "You can drink, dude." <laughs> I know. So, so people always ask me, <laughs> "Oh man, this is funny." So yeah, people always ask me like the the top questions I feel like I hear as a winemaker, and people come to the winery is, "Well, first of all, they never think I'm the winemaker," and that's usually because I'm doing some shitty job that they wouldn't expect the winemakers do. Usually, I'm like fixing just scrubbing the toilets. Or- yeah, I'm like yeah. Fix- I'm like fixing the fixing the broken forklift or like cleaning something or like I'm generally fixing things ninety percent of the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> and uh, pretty much that's and, a water. But uh, but I'm usually you know doing some lame job, and so people see Nick driving around moving barrels and and doing things like that. So they always assume he's a winemaker, which is perfectly fine with me. I'm like, yeah, hey, he's a winemaker. Let me just <laughs> yeah, ask him all the questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's no one's there to distract me and ask me questions. But um, <laughs> are you upset? Sure, go to Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I, I've uh, like the top questions I always get here in the wine here in the winery is uh, how old are you, which is always a, a weird question to answer, and then the, and then the second one is. Uh, what's your nationality, which is always a weird thing. So I think they're rather patronizing questions. (laughs) (laughs) And and how dare you? (laughs) Excuse me, how old are you? And uh, by the way, are you Asian? Um, What does that have to do with With anything? anything? (laughs) (laughs) No, true uh, story. I'm serious, true story. No, top two questions are, are how old are you and are you Asian? I don't know how that has to do with anything but well yeah. because asian people have like an eternal youthful look yeah maybe that's why or they never You're such lovely skin <laughs> <laughs> thanks george full head of hair yeah i, well, I, 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 I perpetually well, look like i was 45 and you perpetually look like you're like 29 
Thanks. You got I'm it going actually, on. I'm actually 24, but thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no, 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 but it, 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 it makes it difficult for people because, if I'm not mistaken, didn't you make wine for the first time before you were ever 21? You were like 12 yeah. or something? No, well, not 12, but I started my label in two, my first vintage, commercial vintage was 2002, and I was 19. Oh, wow. Vintage, so. Did you have yeah. to lie about your age to, to do that job? Or You know what's really funny is... Uh, I applied for all my federal permits, TTP permits, ABC permits, everything, before I was 21. Fingerprinted, background checked, the whole thing. They, really? They gave them to me. Really? Someone was smoking yeah. smoking something at, at the TTP <laughs> that day. And it's too late to bust Aaron now, TTP yeah. and ABC. So anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Or any one of those governmental organizations yeah. with a bunch yeah. of letters in it. Who knows? You got it, though. I got it. I got it. Yeah. And, you know, it, so anyway... Yeah, I've been, I've been making wine for a long time, making wine for 20 years, and that makes me feel old. But at the end of the day, you know, I think one of the things that one of the reasons I got into the wine business in the beginning was, you know, I grew up here, spent my whole life here. You know, it was a it was a career that I felt like was really going to keep me in a place that I loved here on the Central Coast. And as I've done it for this long, it was also something that I felt like I wanted to be able to do for the rest of my life. And as you get older and you and you develop, uh, I guess what they people tell me is called wisdom. I'm not really sure if that's what it is or not, but I realized <laughs> that, you know, at the end of the day, um, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this if I don't if I don't keep having fun. You know, I don't surround myself with people that I enjoy working with. And yeah, we kick ass every day. We make great wine, but we got to have fun doing it. We got to enjoy it. I want to make my employees happy. I want to make myself happy. I want to make other people happy. And if we're not doing that, then what the hell are we doing it for? And I see that over here all the time. I mean, like Mr. Nick Pearl here makes me laugh hysterically <laughs> on a daily basis. Oh, the dad, or, I mean, jokes. Like, the I'm dad talking, jokes are next level. The man. dad jokes. He's crushing it. Ever since he had the second kid, too. Yeah. The, those dad yeah, jokes are just on point, man. Guttural, so, like, rolling on the ground laughs in the middle of the parking <laughs> lot. Like, that's what, that's what this guy yeah. does to me, man. So, <laughs> I want to touch base on something, too. You, you did mention uh, that you're fixing things a lot, right? And I think that's also something that's really cool. You look over here, and there's nothing in this tasting room that's beautiful, by the way, or the, the whole winery that like you and your dad didn't do, well, right? I mean, well, I mean, right behind you, those are actually uh, vintage uh, Chinese window curtains that actually were made in China, and they're really old, like hundreds of years old. So you so didn't make those. I know that you look at me and you see Chinese all over you, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make those. You didn't make those. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for clearing that up because you weren't making the case. Very well that you're yeah. not Asian. Yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but these are hundred year old. I am Chinese half Chinese, Whitaker. but no, I did not make those, Patrick. <laughs> uh, but everything, most of everything else, yeah, I mean, everything you guys made yourselves, right? Like yeah. I think it's so crafty. There, the other day you came in with um, stools, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, look at these cool stools!" And you're like, "Yeah, my dad made those. Yeah. He used to be a he used to have a sewing. Company. He used to work in a upholstery shop. Yeah, I, shop. I, I I was I was um I was raised in a family where my dad was was that guy that took apart the drill as a kid. And, and made a, a mess of it, but like figured out how to put it back together. And he's always been that way. And it's funny because I, I, I inherited a lot of those traits in him. And, um, and it's funny because it, 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 it builds in you a, um, a tenacity and a, uh, an attitude where you're not afraid to fix things and learn how things work. But it also breeds in you a tremendous amount of stubbornness to let anyone else do your shit because yeah you don't you don't let anybody touch anything here right well, or just it's like it I breaks and you're like I don't want to like I don't want to call someone to come fix it like I'm just gonna freaking fix it right now you know I don't have time to wait for somebody to do it I might not do as good a job as someone else but like sure at least I get it done you know and at the end of the day like but yeah the the the, the other side of that is I spend all my time fixing shit yeah your 1994 uh, Clark POS forklift uh, <laughs> broke the other day and I remember Nick, Nick was like he you know. 
Turned it I, on and off. <laughs> the, 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 the whole story is, I think I happened to borrow the forklift when it broke. Yeah. Uh, but like, but it was it was something outside of my control. I, it was just, you know, it was going to happen no matter what who was on that forklift mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and But Nick just goes, like, oh, it's cool. Aaron will fix it. <laughs> and, and, and I went, like, let me back yeah, myself he will. up. No, but it was, you were right. I, well, we've established this. I can try and fix something, but I'll get about 20% in. Things will be everywhere, and I'm a pretty tidy person. And Aaron's gonna look at me and be like, "Why did I let you do this? Move over. Let me do this." And he's like, "Why don't you go take care of the wines or do something else? Clean something." And in no time, once he got on that, the forklift was fixed. It was fixed. <laughs> it was fixed. Exactly. So yeah. you didn't have to call in a you know a tech at three hundred bucks an hour or whatever they are. You just handled it. So I do love that. Like every little thing. I mean, the, the taste room is immaculate, gorgeous. There's a lot of going on that that you know reflects what you do on a day-to-day basis right like you you love the the mountains you love the ocean and i think that a lot of that's reflected in the tasting room but that's all stuff that yeah you guys build yourselves so it means something more when you do it with your own hands yeah, but it's also all the things that make you a bad business person when you're obsessed with doing things yourself. <laughs> you want to make <laughs> I, I'm obsessed with stories. I want everything to have a story. So whether it's the table we're sitting at right now is this beautiful table that my dad and I built, which is a cypress tree from Cambria that was chopped down as live edge. We milled it, we planed it, had a buddy of mine glue it together with this machine with this beautiful uh, black walnut stringer that's, yeah, that's cool. from a tree here in Paso. And I welded the frame for it myself. So I just took all the steel and trimmed it and welded it together. Yeah, it's great. And it took a whole lot of time away from doing other projects. But when we sit here at the table, I look at the table like, man, this is a nice Damn, table. this is a bitchin' table. It's a nice table. And if anyone else sits there, they go, oh, look, it's a nice table. It's like, you know what? I built this table. You know where these trees are from? They're from Cambria. My buddy cut these trees down. He milled them with his right. Alaskan mill. And then I got the wood from him at his yard. And we made the the table in my parents' garage, and here it is. You know? Starting to feel pretty awkward here. Does anybody have any coasters for, yeah. my, for my drink? <laughs> Did you leave a uh, ring on this table? No, no worry. <laughs> Once every year, we sand it down, and then Molly paints it seven times with lacquer. That's <laughs> longer than a year. Come on. Yeah, la- five years. You know, I, I, s- I remember asking you about that table outside that you made it, and it was like a, it's like a concrete poured table. Yeah. You inlaid like a, a bunch of um, turquoise and stuff. Yeah. And you explained how you made it to me, and it just went on and on and on and I was just like oh my oh my god you're like what I get myself into well I just I couldn't believe how deep you got yourself into it yeah. because it sounded like it took you a very long lot longer than you planned on to, to build yeah. the table well but it had to be perfect because you want your customers to sit at that and see you know this this taste this art that you made and sit at yeah. this piece of art that you made and and have this this complete experience and you can't you can't half ass that no, it, it takes time. I think at the end of the day, it's just like wine. Like, so my wines, like everything that I make, has to mean more to me than it does to my customers, and that's something like that's a. I think that's special. That's a yeah. like uh, that's something that I, I I really hold true in everything that we do. So I want everything that we do to to feel more special to to us than it even does for the customer. And I I know that they're going to appreciate it, but at the end of the day, like it's got to have heart and soul for me. Otherwise, I don't want to keep doing it. So you know, if, if it was the other way around. And I could really people love my wines, but I could really give a shit about it. Then it, it wouldn't really it wouldn't really work for me. I wouldn't be able to keep doing it. No, you got you got to be in love with it too, and you should be passionate about it, right? <laughs> I always truly believe uh, that passion and experience equals quality, mm-hmm. and and you can't have quality without those two things, and and I think that speaks to to everything you do around yeah. here. And that was something that started when I was you know when I was young, I I, I was making wine. Frankly, before I had any of that experience, right? right. I, was just, I was just fired up to try and make wine. You know, I, I honestly, when I started making wine, I didn't really like wine. I, I was too young. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't grow up in a family where 
oh, my grandfather used to dig into a cellar and open Grand Cru Burgundy for me when I was a child. You know, I didn't sure. have any of that. My parents drank drank Franzia box wine and you know Livingston and you know, turn, be, Turning Leaf. Because you know? you've been a winemaker sure. for so long, I actually did always think that you came from a family that had some sort of connection to either vineyard management or winemaking. Yeah. This is uh, pretty eye-opening for me. That's really impressive. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally a surf rat from Caicos. I, I don't have any agricultural background at all. My parents drink wine all the time, but they, they drink inexpensive wine because that's all they could afford. And I just got into winemaking on a whim. I was like, hey, I got a summer job when I was 15 working in a vineyard because my brother's buddy was working for Wild Horse, and he was another, you know, surf rat that got a job working for Ken Volk and said, hey, you know, we'll let you guys help us plant this vineyard out in, out in Templeton. Yeah. We need these, these young gung-ho they fellows. Oh, the, the, the great it's thing about it was they're like, we're going to pay you, I don't even know what it was, they're going to pay you X amount of dollars in cash, right? And so we're like cool. 15, we're like sweet, and they're like, and guess what? You can ride around on a quad all day. And you're and like, we're like done. Yes. They didn't have to pay me. Yeah. And we ride quads <laughs> around all day, so we literally you rode quads quad. around all day. Putting in drip lines and planting vines and weed whacking and a bunch of you know gnarly crap jobs that that's, sure. that's 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 farming, but we got to ride around in quads all day and it was cool and they gave us money at the end of the day. You can't beat that. No. So and uh, and you're I'm just say, I hope I say this correctly multi generational kayaking too. <laughs> kayaking <laughs> is that a thing? Did I, did I make that up? Because if it's not a thing, if you're from Cayucas, you should call yourself kayaking. My parents moved to Cayucas in 1970. Three. Oh, that was close. Yeah. Se- second generation. Second, second generation kayak. Born and raised. Kindergarten through eighth grade, went to Cal Poly. Are you saying you guys don't say kayaking? No. That's not even a word. You sound like <laughs> someone from the East Coast. <laughs> Aren't you from Templeton? Yeah. What the I'm hell? Templetonian. <laughs> this sounds I'm like... multi-generational Templetonian. <laughs> no. I don't know if we say that in Templeton either, though. I meant it just You would say kayakin, but, you know, kayakin is... <laughs> Kayakin cool, sounds like an offshoot of the turducken. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, it's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a duck wrapped it, in chicken, yeah. wrapped in a coyote. Yeah. <laughs> it's With a brown butter cookie company inside. Oh, I want one so bad. Oh, you all the wild in me. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. Well, I love it. Uh, we're going to get back to with my kayak and friends here in just a moment. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break. And then when we get back, we're going to uh, crack into some wine. And we're going to hear more about the winemaking techniques and where all this fruit comes from at Aaron Wine. You're listening to the Tin City Podcast with George Newman and Patrick Brooks. Tin City is an evolving industrial maker's market nestled amongst the oaks, where friends, adventurers, and aficionados come together to partake in craft wine, beer, and spirits served up by Paso's most passionate artisans. Park anywhere and just start walking. Soon, you'll find that amongst this eclectic mix down by the tracks, there's one thing these makers all have in common. This community of wildly independent artisans love what they do. And they are part of Tin City to pour that love into everything they make with the sole purpose of sharing it. All you need to do is show up and enjoy it. Welcome back to the Tin City Podcast. It's time to get boozy with Patrick Brooks and George Newmare. I don't even brush my hair, bro. Dude, you're a winemaker, bro. A winemaker in California. 
That's another, good. Reason, that's another reason why people yeah. don't think that I'm the wine maker. I, like, who's the guy I don't really brush my hair either. Yeah. Though, to be <laughs> I'm just middle-aged and white. Meanwhile, and well, George is sitting there going, fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah. because like, <laughs> when, when people go to Barrel House, like, no hair. oh, this is the head brewer of the Barrel House, and he looks homeless. So that's a brewer thing, right? The homeless deal? Yeah. And, you know, like... I'm not a bartender, so I don't get tips, but sometimes people feel bad for me and they give me a dollar, and that's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay, so, so let's go back into this, because George thought you were Italian, like you said. So Specifically now, Sicilian. <laughs> Maybe it's because Aaron sometimes talks with his hands. I don't know where I got this from. Well, I do talk a lot, that's for sure. So you have a lot of background in Hawaii, right? Yeah, my mother's Hawaiian. She's Hawaiian. Okay, there you go. Chinese and Hawaiian. Chinese and Hawaiian. Thus, the window blinds, the 100, 200-year-old window blinds. I just thought they were cool, Patrick. Come on, I'm not trying to exemplify my racial hair, my racial heritage here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Don't they're cool, too. Me. But so, now, and, and the room we're in right now, this is the new tasting room at Aaron Wines, right? Yeah. And it's called the Ohana Ohana Room? The Ohana Room, yeah. I th- there's this thing. A lot of wineries or just parties in general, like you'll go to, they have a, a luau party, right? And there's all these extremely white people trying to pronounce Hawaiian words. Okay. And want, ch- say, say Ohana again. I want to hear you say it. Okay. Ready? Ready? <laughs> Ohana. Oh, good job. Okay. Well, you, 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 you walked me through that. You made it easy for me. But like, I'll go to these luau's and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys are doing this right. You should have a luau. I've had multiple. We just don't have to find Howley's like you. <laughs> no, 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 no Howley's allowed. Okay. No, remember that? We had a Mai Tai party a couple years back. Remember oh, yeah, that? you did. Yeah, we did. We roasted a whole pig. pig. We, had, pig. we had Spam Musubi. I made, we made Mai Tais. It was great. Wait, what was it called? Spam what? Spam Musubi. Spam Musubi. You did have that. The little yeah, Spam so, bites. So yeah. we would call it, Patrick, we would call it Spam Musubi. Spam with sous vide, yeah. No sous so, Oh, come on. Like no, sous vide like... spam. My mom made spam. Spam is technically my, sous vide. Hey, my mom made oh, spam with sous vide no for way. the whole team during Harvest this year. Delicious. Yeah, you go to Hawaii a lot, right? Yeah, all the time. Everything. We're Hawaiian royalty, bro. <laughs> Get out of town. Direct descendants. King Kekalike, King of Maui. Direct descendants. I can show you the freaking family tree right now. I do believe that you said that correctly, too. Kekalike? I hope so. If you didn't, it's going to sound real bad. You're, you're, you're going to laugh at this. Okay. Talk to me. Okay. You know, Izzy. Kabakavailele, the huge guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, you, over the rainbow. Oh, over, yeah, that's great. He did a great that's rendition of the song. It's your uncle? That's my uncle, bro. Get out of town. I'm not way. kidding me. Married to my aunt. When he passed away, he was married to my aunt. Dude, he's my cousin like Pune worldwide. is his daughter. We're like at a luau at my auntie's house in Aya, up in the hills above Honolulu. And my cousin Pune's dance, she's a Tishan dancer, so she's dancing. And my mom's like, oh, hey, your cousin Pune. Hey, you know that's Izzy's daughter. That's your uncle, right? I'm like, what? Why you never tell me that? <laughs> Uncle is. Uncle is, dude. Dude, that's amazing. Roots go deep, bro. Roots go way deep. So, Ohana <laughs> uh, so, means family. Yeah, Ohana means family. And, and honestly, like, growing up with a Hawaiian, Hawaiian mother, it's, it was a big part of our upbringing. So, like, we're being raised in sort of a Hawaiian-style household is, is actually culturally... It's different, but much in the way that other cultures are different, you know? If someone, sure. someone has a really, you know, uh, gregarious Sicilian grandmother, you know, they, like, would you know, make fun of everybody all the time and make great food. It's, it's, it's very similar, right? So Sure. That didn't have any influence on you getting into winemaking in Absolutely general. Absolutely not. However, now that you are a winemaker, right, some of that has an influence on you today. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, okay, first of all, never name a wine after yourself. 
you know, my wine. I was going to ask you what your inspiration for naming it Aaron Wine was. Uh, lack of option, uh, running out of, being exhausted with uh, showing up with names. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're filling out the paperwork. Yeah, yeah it was you, just like, just got, I got to get this in. Yeah. Like, wait, I could go with Aaron or I could go with Jackson. Well, okay, I got a great story about this, actually. This, maybe this is where the inspiration came from. So apparently, my parents deny this now, but they told me this story legitimately when I was born. So I was born at General Hospital in San Luis Obispo, which is now defunct. But uh, when I was born, I didn't have a name. And so I, I, I remember I, I came out of the womb and doctor goes, okay, what's the baby's name? My parents go, well, we don't have a name. You know? <laughs> well, you can't, you can't just call it Baby Jackson. You've got to have a name. So my parents had had uh, you know, old school child naming books, right? So they had this, this list of, of first names that they had come up with, the ideas they liked, right? So it was a sure. whole list of names. They had a list of middle names. And they had the, my Hawaiian name, which was chosen by my, grand, my great-grandmother. So that name was already chosen. So that one was set. So it was going to be Kayla. Kayla's my middle name. So there was Kayla Jackson, my last name, but there wasn't any first and, first and primary middle name. And so it came out, and my dad had these lists in his pocket, and he pulls them out and says, how about Aaron Blake? Because they were the first fucking names on the two lists. <laughs> and oh, my gosh. They, they were in alphabetical order. Is that your, your name? My name is Aaron Your Blake. middle name. I didn't uh, know Aaron your middle name. Aaron Blake, Kayla Jackson. But it's Aaron Blake because they were the, ter- <laughs> they're the two names at the top of the list. So I always say it's Aaron Blake. It's Aaron Blake Winery. And this will be Nick's last day at work. You'll never work in this town again, Nick Pearl. You and I both have young children. You and I both know that you cannot leave the baby ward <laughs> until you fill out that piece of paperwork. You're essentially held hostage there. I was going to say. It's not even a joke. I'm not like, it's Very it's true. for real. So And you're so frustrated and exhausted after you have this baby. Because you just gave birth to the baby. Say, you're you're exhausted from giving birth, right, George? I mean, <laughs> forcing that thing out of your womb. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. worn it, out. It, it was, was worn probably out. real tough for you, George, like <laughs> drinking beers and chain-smoking <laughs> cigarettes <laughs> while your wife had a child. Yeah, and you know they don't uh, let you bring beer into the baby ward? You know how hard it was for me to sneak all that booze into the... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, it wasn't as hard for me. Oh, but geez. you've got big shoulders. You know. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're like... I just need to get the fuck out of here. And I could see how they could just be like, okay. What's the name? Yeah. I don't know. You uh, choose, bro. Aaron Blake. <laughs> at, w- at one point, I thought about asking my wife, we can always change it. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know, not that 22 easy. And a half, 22 and a half hours in, they let you go at 24. You're like, so... Uh, I think the Rams game's on in like two hours. What are you thinking about getting that? Which here? player do you like the most here? Because I have no options. Let's just change the name. So, so. Doctor, what's your name? <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. Now, let's go into this, though. Kaola, right? Did I say that correctly? Yeah, Kaola. Okay. So, you've got a few different brands. I know that. So, oh you've got... God, so many. So, there's Aaron Aaron's, as a brand. Aaron's original. We started Aaron in 2002. So, Aaron is focused all on Westside Pass Robles. It's all focused, uh, centered around Petit Syrah and other Rhone varietals. And also, actually, now we're doing some, some Bordeaux stuff, some Cabernet as well. But it's basically Petit Syrah and Petit Syrah-driven blends right. on everything. So we actually make five different wines under the Aaron brand that we've been making since 2002. And then Acoria. Acoria means of the sea in Latin. So that's all uh, wines that come from out on the coast. So I grew up in Cayucas. I still, I still live in Cayucas. So these are uh, Pinot Noirs and aromatic You're 12th whites. generation Cayuc. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go Sixth again. Sixth generation Traducan. Yeah. <laughs> so these are Pinot Noirs and aromatic whites. And these all come from vineyards out on the coast. So these are vineyards in San Simeon and Cambria and Pismo Beach and Arroyo Grande, uh, places that are actually really, really, really close to the ocean. So the whole theme, Super cold climate. Yeah. So the whole theme, as people that have been to Paso Robles uh, probably know, if you're in the summertime, if you're over here in Paso Robles, it's 90 
Sometimes 100 degrees over here. You go to the coast, it's like 55 to 65 degrees. Yeah, huge temperature yeah, shift. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. I love going home every day during the summer because it's, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> you um, sleep at night, you're not like yeah, it, not dying, sweating. There is no air conditioning in Caicos, just so people know. But um, yeah. yeah, so Aquarius is all based around uh, uh, Latin for of the sea. It's all based around uh, vineyards really close to the ocean between, uh, you know, basically one and five miles from the ocean. So pretty stark contrast to what we make in Paso. And then we also have Keola. So Keola is what we do our... Sort of our second tier wine. So this is the wine you're gonna. Our, our rosé goes all to our mailing list, but we see the Kale Red is a, a red wine we make that it ends up in uh, in restaurants, uh, sort of uh, mostly across California. So you'll see okay. long restaurants, and um, it's kind of a, it's basically a, a pretty unbelievable, ridiculous value based wine that we make. Um, sells for about twenty five to thirty five bucks, twenty five to thirty bucks a bottle. And then we also have another label called Nature Boy. And Nature Boy is actually just one wine we make every year, which is really a wine that 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 Nick and I craft just. For fun, it's really for us. It's always a really kind of low alcohol fun. Uh, it's usually based around Grenache or Morvedra or Mataro, as we call it. Um, it's Is it just, like a native ferment? Is that why it's it's, it's, it's a native boy? ferment? Actually, a lot of our wines are native ferments, but uh, really? I, I hate to use the word natural wine because that's going to open up a Pandora's box of things that I don't really feel like talking about today. On, I actually on the think podcast. you should just explain it because I always <laughs> love hearing your rants about it. it it's <laughs> right. now, now you've got to actually, bring, right. bring it on. We can cut it out, but look, I always feel like, you look, know, so there's a big movement right now about natural wine. Um, the reality is, is that natural wines, uh, the people that are pushing the natural wine movement are marketing directors they're marketing and they're marketing natural wines as being a particular thing. Okay. And, unfortunately with anything when you market it as like oh our wines are natural that sort of makes other wines seem like they're not natural the reality is is that all of our wines are as natural as their wines there's nothing unnatural about our wines we bring our wines in we ferment them with mostly with native yeasts we do we do no additives yes we do put some of them in new oak barrels yeah but i mean uh, an old oak barrel that's pretty in, natural and an old well they're also aging their wines in oak barrels as well they're just older but it doesn't mean that they're less natural because they're older we're still right. made from the same goddamn tree. So, right. um, but the, our Nature Boy wine is a wine that we bring in and we pick the fruit a little bit earlier, and we do ferment it whole cluster. So we actually don't even destem it at all. So we we don't really do anything to it other than um, we do stomp on it with our feet. So we're actually our own natural toe jam is 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 present in this wine. So that's really <laughs> you know really important. That's a secret ingredient. And then we age it in, in old oak barrels for about six months and bottle it. And, it. and it but it falls in that category of what people associate with quote unquote natural wines. But I don't want to label this wine as a natural wine, even though stylistically, yes, it's made that way. But it's also uh, beautiful and clean and very well made. And there's a lot of natural wines that are not well made. Um, okay. For example. George's a brewer. There's a lot of breweries out there that can make beers that they're essentially bottling their own experiments. It's like, oh, it's my microbial. It's, it's really not a well-made beer. It's just that it was like, oh, we decided that we were going to take uh, some elderflowers and we're going to throw some old oranges from my uncle's orchard and we're going to ferment all this crap in it. And it made this really weird beer. But just because it was um, exotic and interesting doesn't make it good. It was just different. It's just different. You know, this wine... I mean, we feel is actually a extremely well made wine. So you're saying it, it varies year to year, though considerably. It comes from the same vineyard every single year. Okay, and it's meticulously farmed fruit from Willow Creek on limestone in beautiful terroir, and it's made great. The only difference is the climate that year. The, it's the, just the vintage, right? It's going to show yeah, shine, it's, shine through. Yeah, like, but yeah. It's, it's not filled with uh, you know f three inches of sediment in the bottom of the 
barrel, but we don't filter it. We don't find it. We don't do anything to it. But just right. we don't leave all the crap in it. We'd actually like we just take the time. So there's the time. no acid ads. There's no finishing tannins. There's nope. none of this nope. dressing it up. Nothing. To be Which fair, you might find in some other fair, natural that's pretty wines. Much obsolete in all of our wines in general across the board. I all think that's wines. what you're trying to yeah. say. There's like, like literally nothing. Fair, yeah. I never understood that, that until I came to work here. Okay. Yeah. Was that you know the the term natural is all up to interpretation to some extent, but ultimately if you walk most people through, would just if think you walk through our whole process it's organic say, and no um, right. pesticides. But well, like say for example, like the guy that sells the bread bike bakery here, over yeah, here. yeah. Bomb so bread, like that guy way. makes bomb bread, but like when he when you buy his bread, he say, oh, it's all natural bread. Oh, it's all natural. What, what, what do you mean it's all natural? It's like well, it's flour and water and yeast, and you're like. Well, that's aren't, bread. Aren't most breads made that way? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But we're saying, what about natural bread? Not, you know, maybe oh, it's natural bread. The stores, oh, no. What makes it natural? Well, well it's just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been eating that don't garbage for daughter. years. <laughs> you don't inoculate this with any other yeast, then, right? No. Okay. No. So and that's one thing that it I is the yeast that floats over from your distillery from right <laughs> the wafting <laughs> from wine shine and Tin City Distillery right over to Aaron Winery. Yeah. The you know the thing is one thing we have here in this area is uh, good yeast, right? So you don't actually and, and yeast do the heavy lifting, right? You know you don't actually have to inoculate with any other kind of yeast strain, really, because the yeast are they, they want to eat. The sugar and convert that to ethanol and CO two, right? They're they're there, they're they're happening. Winemakers do want to point their wines in one direction or another sometimes, but with the Nature Boy, you just let it go completely yeah. wild. And there's there's several wines we make in our cell that are that are all native. But like, I'm not gonna lie, we we do inoculate some wines. We, there was a sure. period where we did everything um, inoculated. 2019, and we almost did everything. We did almost everything. Yeah, yeah native as, as most wineries on Earth do now. I think realist. I think I, I mean, how can we even say that though? I mean, like we're we're looking in the context of in California, yeah, most people probably inoculate, but like how many winers are there globally? Thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands. Yeah. I mean, you just go to freaking little Italy. small family mom pop shops there's, that are there's more of those in fifteen villages in Italy than there is in all the past Robles, you know? And they're all doing it like just toe, natural toe jam style, man. Yeah. That's the inoculum. No, I mean if if you're afraid of somebody stomping on those grapes with their feet, that's not wine. Right, that's how it's been done for centuries. That's like saying or, that or you, we'll you, pass you, that. You, you want a, you want you want a meal that the chef's fingers don't touch your food. That's do a good point. Do I don't want... think I've ever been to a high end restaurant where I see a chef like gloved up and masked yeah. up yeah. and don't face shield. And, and this isn't in a whole. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to talk about COVID right now. <laughs> right, right. But <laughs> there's saying, some authenticity like, behind right him being able to taste the same skillet of whatever he's got going for you so so, so i want to work through some of these vineyards where the fruit comes from a little yeah. bit but let's start with what's in our glasses right in front of us right oh, wow. now okay. this is your flagship right <laughs> this, this, is, a, well, this, is a, this is an old one man nick pulled this one out today this is a this is a 2006 Ooh, i thought pull something yeah. uh older and then we can always so first vintage was 2002 but uh nick was like hey, let's pull something special out so that's a 2006 2006 is a great vintage oh my gosh it smells amazing yeah i was i was uh really stoked on 2006 it was it was a warm uh a warm ripe vintage but it's funny because we looked at 2006 back in the day as a as well 2006 and 2007 were both uh relatively dry um, 2005 was really wet. 2006 we had a little bit, le- quite a bit less rain. 2007 was even more, even less rain. So people praise the 2007 vintage. I actually like the 2006s. This is amazing. Pass robles a lot. Yeah, it was. A, it was a vintage that was. Um, but it's funny because we looked at, back at it as a dry vintage. It was relatively warm, and then 
honestly, since 2000, since that time, it's been it drier just and gotten warmer. so hot. It's so much warmer now so much than drier, it was yeah. in those years. So, well, we had a good chunk of six, eight years where it was pretty bad, but honestly, like the last five years have been a pretty legit. It's uh, an, I think it's a facade. Personally, yeah. I haven't looked at the numbers. I mean, seven, seven. I mean, fifteen was ridiculous. Sixteen was was was, was nice. Eighteen was nice. In nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. We've had pretty decent. Not you can't quite tell average. Last year, we're not. But fifteen. You, you think awful. twenty? We had adequate rain. I don't. I don't know. You when guys. I when I moved here twelve years ago, it was deadly hot, and I thought I was going to quit my job and leave. Yeah. <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you move from Texas? <laughs> and I moved from Texas. <laughs> Texas, where it's n- super toasty. Yeah. Where you're not allowed to wear shorts, otherwise you're a big fucking pussy. It was really weird. You got to wear jeans. Mm, got to be a man. Got to have sweaty balls. Yeah, that and you a real man. Sweaty balls. And it was weird. It's really like I, I didn't have a car at the time, and I had to borrow my boss's daughter's bike. So I don't know. Why I was trying so hard to be a man, wear pants, because I'm riding like a pink bicycle to work every day. God, can you? Did you have, did you have hair then? <laughs> I was. I, I looked like Wolverine. George oh, has had gosh. hair since he was like three. He's. He's. I was he's, born with hair on my back, and. Uh, <laughs> So was my daughter. Uh, family tree. Uh, and that's um, definitely staying in. It is for sure staying in. Um, but it's true. If you, if you haven't met George at the Barrel House, go meet him and you'll see what we're talking about. But yeah, 2006 is a great vintage. I mean, it was cool this that Nick amazing. pulled this out. I mean, it's, it's 15 years old. Um, it's just got a ton of life left in it. It's got wonderful acid. It exemplifies, I think, what a lot of uh, makes a lot of, you know, Pastor Robles wines great is that... Um, you know, we have such lovely acidity despite how warm it is because of our soils. And so these wines actually hold up so well. And do hot, dry years tend to drive, uh, like, more tannin? They can. Production? It depends on the on the the intensity of the drought. So something like 2015, which was a very dry, relatively warm year, the vines reach a limit where they get it just gets so dry and it's so hot that they're actually performing uh, less optimally at that point. So we saw less tan, overall tannin and intensity in 2015 than we would see in other years compared to, say, 2016, which was a little bit wetter year, but we had a lot more intensity, a lot more tannin. So it, everything has a limit. It's like It's like a human being. It's like, you know, it's like to a certain degree, like, you know, starving you and making you work hard is going to make you stronger and tougher and better. But there's at some point where you're literally just not getting enough calories where you're just going to start disintegrating. Yeah. Okay. And that's there's a decline there. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens with grapevines. I mean, at some point you're just pushing them too hard. They're like, you know what? Screw this. Like, I don't give a shit. About I'm the, done I don't, I don't give you. a shit about the grapes anymore. I'm just trying to survive. And yeah. acidity wise is, is the cold nights. What, what gives us kind of saves us and gives our wines good acidity or is uh, it cold nights help? For sure, it's definitely something that is a, a difference between us and other regions. But um, certainly, uh, like for example, two thousand twenty-one is a great example. We had we had a little bit more of a. People want to say it's mild. This last harvest was mild, but really, if you look at historically, it was more like average. And we had a ton of acidity in our wines this year. A massive amount of acidity it was awesome. A ton of malic acid. A ton of malic acid because we had cooler, generally cooler daytime tempers, temperatures, coupled with our okay. uh, actually quite mild and, and cool nighttime temperatures. So it's not just it's not like it can be if it's it's 110 degrees during the day and it's 50 degrees at night, you're gonna have great acidity. It's, it, it, you don't want it to be quite that hot during the day either. And this year we had a little bit less uh, days over 100. Uh, than we had in previous years, and, and that's something I noticed just Certainly. in my twenty years. I remember the early two, late nineties, early two thousands. You know, if we had four or five days over hundred degrees, it was like, oh my god, you know. And then it was like, what was it, two thousand seventeen? We had like 
22. It was shocking, right? Like it was, it was like this doesn't happen here. The whole freaking summer was like a hundred. It felt like it was every day in summer was over hundred degrees. And now we're used summer to it. Where it was also like always on fire in Paso Robles, in particular. Yeah. Not California as a yeah. whole, but like we had a lot of fires here. It was yeah. always. And then, and then, of course, it always lands at the worst rough. day of the year is the Whale Rock Music Fest when you're trying to be actually outside and like just like enjoying it in sweltering. And, yeah, just like hang outside and like booze all day and listen to music, and it's like 114 degrees, and you're like, God damn it. I feel like we're at Coachella. <laughs> I think two of the last three years that we've picked our biggest vineyard, the Ducey Vineyard, yeah. were that weekend. Yeah. Not Every this year. year. Because Picking we decided it. to try and avoid now, it. But. Now, th- this one right here, I, I think a lot of times people say, like, uh, when, you, when you say you should lay this down for 10, 15 years or something, mm-hmm. and they look at you like, what are you, crazy? I'm going to drink this tonight. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lay this thing down. I feel like this is a great example of why you should. This is perfect. Thank you. I mean, I think it depends on how you enjoy your wines. I mean, this wine is still has great acidity. It's got a ton of fruit. Um, so fresh. It's, it's keep got standing so up much freshness. Fresh. The tans are yeah. really oh. the tans are really soft now. It's is got that because petite straw though too? Does that help? I mean, the, the that, varietal? that varietal ages can it can I won't say it, it does, but it can age very well. It tends to be very high in tannin, right? And the longer right. you age a, a tannic wine, the more silky and correct. Yeah, I think just, they get. I'm shocked. I mean, I've been working here three years now take and this wine just is still just singing i mean you could tell there's some age on it but actually so i couldn't f- you couldn't I mean, maybe the acidity I makes it i was hot. gonna i was you know, gonna say so I'm, I'm actually really really so shocked at 50 i would say this wine is three to five years old for a petite syrah i mean because of the age and how silky that tannin is where sometimes when they're very young it's just like it just like dries out your mouth but this is i mean this is a prime example of like why aging the right wine from the right year for the right amount of time really makes it perfect. I, I don't actually get this opportunity a lot, so I really do appreciate this. Yeah, no worries. I appreciate you guys pulling this out of the library fun. for yeah. us. Yeah. And, and I didn't this know fun. that 06 is going to be the, you know, the Taj Mahal. I, I was fortunate enough. Oh, eight two man. That's that. Oh, eight two. Oh, eight's awesome story. I don't remember. I, we could look at our notes because I was going to say when the pandemic first started, Aaron was cool enough. First thing he did is said, "None of us are losing our jobs. We're all going to be here." And he said, I might build a house while you guys work here for a few months. And <laughs> we did, which is he awesome. He did, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. Did you uh, really? Well, I remodeled a piece of shit. It was horrible. Okay, okay. I was there the one day that the back wall of the whole house fell down. So if you want to call that a remodel, you, you, you built come up with your own terms. Yeah. But, but the and fact that's a badass you house, told but. everybody nobody's losing their jobs and we didn't know the government was like. It was cool, man. Coming in for the save. Um, it was it was a huge testament to like why I thought I solid. came here so. because you had everything on the line. I mean, I can't do it without these guys at this point. Like I'm I'm too far in. I used to think when I was younger because I I ran this company by myself for so many years. And as you other conversations we've had is like I have this 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 I can I don't want to sound like I'm blaming it on my father, but I had this thing where it's, it's a very do it yourself mentality, which is a great trait to have, right? Like you, you learn to do things and you challenge yourself all the time and you do things you would never do, and you learn to kind of be a, a renaissance man and a, and a jack of all trades. But but then you <laughs> had this challenge of like you feel like you want to do things all all by yourself, you know? And then you start getting these these incredible employees like Nick who just who just come in and they, and you realize that they have talents that, that you don't possess. And they start just changing your life. And you kind of go like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> I am so screwed if I lose these people. I can't do <laughs> it without them. It's like, damn you. No. Here you are, you know. No, and I, 
I, I see you guys as just such a team, man. Like when you know when everybody's in the midst of harvest and you're bringing in. I mean, what do you guys do like on certain days? Well, yeah, How we, many did, times? We, we did a hundred. We, we only did like. I mean, if any winemakers can listen to this, they're gonna laugh at us. But we did like a hundred and. But three tons this year. You That's know, we're, a lot. We're, we're in Tin City. It's a it's it's a pretty small facility. Yeah. You know? And the reality is, is that you know the the one week that we brought in thirty tons. You know, Nick had his kid that week, so he wasn't. That's a lie. I had, my, I had my kid. I had my kid the week after. Okay. I'm pretty sure he planned it all out. No, and that is dedication, man. Like Nick is literally having his second child, bringing his second child into this I'll world, never, and he's here. I'll never forget every day. I'll never forget. Kicking ass. I, I told Aaron I'm going to take three days off, and on day four I called him, and he goes, three days, huh?" <laughs> it was the best joke I could ever have. He's like, "Come back when you can," but. COVID was a wild time, but I, I, I told my team from the it very still get-go, is, right? I said, yeah, I said, sorry, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too much. But I, I told my team from the get-go, you know, the thing that was, uh, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to be the, well, I, I never thought it was going to be the end of us, but this is going to be, be our worst year ever. This is going to be our best year ever because we are going to band together as a team. You guys, I'm going to, you guys are not losing your jobs. So therefore you're going to have to do things you've never done before. So I'm going to make you guys do things great, that though. you have never done before. And we all grew together, and we came out of it stronger. And we are a more tight knit, a more cohesive, a more amazing team. And I think we're making the best wines we've ever made. And I'm not saying that's because of COVID, but we just, in the face of adversity, like we we tried to like us up. Yeah, and you know the thing is, like I love that you just said you're making the best wines you think you've ever made because this wine right here, 2006, this was made well before Tin City was even a twinkle in anybody's eye. Yeah, not even a thing. And wow, I'm blown away. So I can't wait to, to try uh, these wines 15 years from now, man. Yeah, thank you. You bet. Okay, um, when we go back, we're going to play a little game. This is Patrick Brooks and George Numair of Wine Shine and Barrel House Brewing Company. We are here with Aaron Jackson and the Nick Pearl of Aaron Wines. We'll be back. You're tuned in to the Tin City Podcast with Patrick Brooks and George Numair. Wineshine and Tin City Distillery is more than just vodka or whiskey. It's an idea distilled down to its most passionate form. The idea that the Central Coast represents California in its purest sense. Our spirits are crafted to embody just that. Forged with intention and local wisdom, our brandy, vodka, gin, whiskey, and canned cocktails are created for you. You're listening to the Tin City Podcast. I swear, it's five o'clock somewhere. Okay. This is a lot of wine. It's going to make you drink it a lot. Oh, dump it in your... Drink your... Water okay, I got to throw it out the window. At Blake? On Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Just toss it in the fuck? Now, you could throw it out the window at Blake Here. because we are no longer in the Ohana room. We are in Aaron's secret lair. We are. We're in an office. We're, we're in an office now. Officer. Because, as everybody knows, there's a part of the show called Shots O'Clock. Shots O'Clock! Shots O'Clock! And as we explained before, this is a moment for us all to gather around 
with friends, family, etc. You can even do this at home, ladies and gentlemen. And you pour yourself a, a little splash of booze. And we explain something that we're really grateful for. This is something that my girlfriend came up with during the heart of the pandemic when she wanted to take shots with her friends via Zoom or something of the sort, right? So they would talk about something they're grateful for, and we would take a little shot. So shots o'clock. However, when we mentioned that we were about to do shots o'clock, and I pulled out this gorgeous brandy (laughs) uh, that was distilled from a blend of uh, Saxum, Denner, and Terry Hogue Wineries Grenache, um, Aaron was like, I drink that all the time. Nope, let's go to my office. And I have a full bar. I have a full bar. No big deal. But so, does he not have a full bar? I but do he has a full there, bar. And Patrick said, come bar. on, man. And I said, I want to go to the full bar. Yeah. Yeah. And here so, we are. <laughs> and we're going to get. So this is amazing. This is like I'm very inspired by your, your girlfriend because this is something that is a huge part of my lifestyle, actually, is which is that my wife's band is actually named after this exact sort of festivity. So my wife's band is called Amablito. 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 Amablito is a made-up word. Ama, ama, yeah. So amable means friend, and ito means little. It's a little friend. It's a little friendly. So her band is named Amablito because the entire time they play music, they drink little shots of tequila all the time. And they do little cheers to celebrate all the different things the whole time they're playing music. I love it. I so, feel frauded. I thought this was an actual small shot, and I've been doing small shots and telling all my friends that with we're a non made up name. It, no, it's, they made it up. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm true, so, true to the source. Tonight, <laughs> because of night, so we have many things in this bar. We have. You do. You're pretty well equipped, my we friend. We do. We do. We have Belvedere, which is a. a Very bar. little wine shine in Tin City Distillery. Oh, well, you're, you're, you're not reading it correctly. <laughs> we have more wine shine. We have, uh, we have rye whiskey from Tin City Distillery. We have ghost pepper vo- uh, vodka from Wineshine. We have Tin City vodka, another Tin City gin, but we also have. You, Hen- no, you're right. Those were actually hidden behind all of the other yeah. bottles you have. Hendrix, Montenegro. Your wife always did this with little shots of tequila. And we are going to have tequila tonight. The, the fact that yes. there's everything else, but we are going to have uh, my favorite tequila, which is Fortaleza Reposado. Okay. So Fortaleza is a very old distillery. Uh, fantastic. And we're not just having it in any shot glass. We're, we're having it in a... These are copper shot glasses I brought back from Mexico, along with my favorite tequila. He also Mexico. brought me These little shot glasses are gorgeous, blanket. by the way. That's, yeah. a, that's a big one. That one's going to George. That's, oh not, that's, that's, that's not an Amablito. That's a, Hello, that, Jorge. That's a, <laughs> that's a full-on Lito. All right. And Patrick, just to make you feel a little better, I want you to know that all the normal wine shine brandy is actually down in the kitchen. Just for cooking. Not yes, for so cooking. <laughs> Jesus. But for the daily cocktails. My my wife is texting me back that she will not be picking me up and I will be taking an Uber. <laughs> All right. All right. So we're gonna do this uh, the Ambito way. So we're gonna go Arriba. 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 Abajo. Al centro. Al centro. Al dentro. Al dentro. Inside. Inside. <laughs> Up high, down below, to the middle, inside. Wow. You know what? I Holy like shit. the way you take shots, Aaron Jackson. That was so smooth, my that friend. That was really good. You don't know Fortaleza? Where did you find Fortaleza? This is... You guys. Where did you find Fortaleza? Um, clearly from the label Mexico. I know that for sure. Fortaleza is amazing. So I recommend everybody drink Tin City Distillery stuff, but if you're not going to, <laughs> this is really good, man. What, what, where is this from? What city? So the, um, the distillery is actually really old. Um, so people know it's like Tequila Abuelos is the original dist- distillery. 
But um, it's like one of the OG distilleries that's actually been really doing really, really high in tequilas for a long time. And this isn't some like, you know, Casa Dragones, like Casamigos, like whatever. The, what's the shit with the bell on the top? That people, what's that shit called? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck that. that stuff all sucks. This is like it doesn't suck. Real it's really deal. good packaging. You make great wine, but you choose pretty good tequila too. I drink tequila a lot. I drink tequila more than wine. Is that one of those things? Well, like, equally as much. Equally as much. Equally as much. So it hey. takes a lot of great tequila to make really exemplary wine. You know what's really embarrassing about this whole thing is I basically don't drink beer. I'm really sorry. So I don't know if I tell George that all the time because no, there's there's either. this <laughs> saying that winemakers have that it it takes a lot of cheap beer. To no, make a small a amount good. of really great wine, is that is that the saying? Yeah, something beer. like that. Yeah, something like that. But but apparently, it takes really fine tequila yeah. to, make to make great, really wine. great wine. I do enjoy beer quite a bit. I was gonna say when I got the water from surfing and I'm fishing. Oh my god, you don't drink tequila. You don't drink wine. Now before we move into our next, you little, drink a Barrel House Brewing Standard Ale. Yeah, you do. I, I, I do. I drink plenty of it. So the next game we're gonna play is called Craft. Versus conglomerate. Some people used to call it craft versus crap, but that's not cool, man. That's so not we cool, man. we said cool. craft versus conglomerate, but then it got renamed by our our, our good friend. Velia from renamed this game. Who's in my mouth? The point is, it, it, we're going to try a crafty wine, something made by somebody who puts a lot of heart into it, versus a big conglomerate uh, wine. So this in front of us right now, this is the Aaron Pinot Noir. Okay, so this is from the Acoria series, the yeah. the uh, from the sea. Or of the sea, pardon me. And so this is a 2020 Acoria Pinot Noir. Which vineyard does this this fruit come from? This is Greengate Ranch. This is down in Edna Valley. It's the only Edna Valley fruit we source. So cold climate. Very cool climate, yeah. Edna Valley, this vineyard is five miles from the ocean. Uh, It's actually in a really amazing site. We started sourcing this fruit back in 2016. And right off the bat, we're blown away from it. So this is a really amazing ranch. Um, It's pretty big, but we actually have uh, four rows. And of the four rows that we get, we only take 30% of the four rows. So the vineyard, 30%. Man- the vineyard managers hate us because we make them pick. The rows basically start at the bottom of a hill. They go up a hill and they Twelve become vines flat. Up. Yeah. It's like start. It's more, I think it's like 30 vines up. Don't pick the first 30 vines. Pick the next 94 vines and then don't pick anymore. Wow. Yeah, they the hate, hilltop, they, they, hate, they hate us. The crown. So, the crown but, um, but it does make a really special wine every year. It's um, it's a, it's, it's I think it's, it's a great example of what the best of Edna Valley can do. It's a really cool site. It's got a calcareous soil. It's a clay soil over uh, a calcareous subsoil, and it. But it it makes um, Nick and I love this wine every year because it makes it's it's a really juicy but really beautiful, well structured wine. It's really floral and quite beautiful, um, and um. Yeah, I think it's a it's, it tastes like the coast, you know. Yeah, so uh, it's not this particular vineyard, I don't believe. However, there was one that shows up pretty late for you guys. And, like you were telling me one one year, like I hate this vineyard, but I also love it because the fruit's amazing, right? But like it's such a pain in my ass because it shows up and like the fruit's all beat up by the ocean. Uh, it, it, it may be this one, I'm not sure, but like it's not this one. But okay, but like, <laughs> that's Derbyshire. The Derbyshire, Derbyshire, okay, is, yeah, the coolest it, vineyard we work with. It was with super cold climate, worst. like you know, very few people make wine from yeah, that yeah. that vineyard, right? And you said the the fruit's torn up because it's right next to the ocean. Yeah, it gets all of this coastal influence. It just the grapes are just like the rot. Is that what I'm? Uh, it gathering. It can have rot. Have it just it through? just it's a lot of other. It, it, 
yeah, sometimes there can be some mold and things like that that we sort out in the sewing table, so none of it ends up with the fermenters. But it it just it just looks like it just looks beat up. It it just looks annihilated. It's right next to the ocean. Yeah, there's, there's a lot like, of there's care like, to, rather than to separate a beautiful, the chaff from Like, the imagine, like, a perfect cluster that you would imagine in a picture they would show you that was, like, oh, there's, there's all these perfectly round, dark, beautiful berries. And, like, it makes you want to, like, take the berries and, and eat them. You don't actually, like, really want to eat the fruit. <laughs> it's know. all shredded. It's just like, yeah. there's, like, there's, like, 15 berries per cluster. And, like, some of the berries are kind of, like, dried out. And some of them are whole. And, like... It, it the whole thing just looks ridiculous. But I thought it was so impressive because like the fruit tasted so damn good, and it makes amazing wine. Amazing wine, right? Year. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and and I, there is a very very fine line too. I I think between really juicy wine and just overripe character. Totally. And and it's really hard as a as a vineyard management company and as a winemaker to 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 find that perfect balance. And and just really get the best of what you're looking for, and that's what we're getting right here. This we're getting right here, like coastal influence, cold climate, right? Yeah. That, that that's a big part of this whole. That's Acoria, yeah. in, in every which way. That's what you get right here. I mean, like the Pinot Noir grape can't grow in the heart of Paso Robles. It's way too hot. Way too hot, right? Yeah. Like, but here in this cold climate of Enda Valley, you get this beautiful fruit. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a vineyard that that you know, at on on the highest highs, it maybe hits eighty two. 85, yeah. 85. Derbyshire, you mean? Well, I'm talking about Greengate too. Okay. Greengate doesn't Greengate doesn't hit that high. These are all just just cold climate. Yeah, the valley's yeah. cold, man. They're yeah. all they're all like, cold. What, what's, an, what's an 85 degree day in Paso? That's like a, that's a cool. That's day. like today. And it's December, bro. But yeah, so I mean, Acoria is is about exemplifying these areas that are just tremendously cool, and so that's what's really fun about it. Is it's it's you see this. I mean, you think about other areas in California, or even the United States in that regard. Like, and you think about in Pastor Robles, the proximity of vineyards that we're sitting near right now here at the winery in Templeton. You know, we have a lot of vineyards right around us. Those vineyards, and we can get in our cars right now. We can drive twenty minutes, and we're talking about like an astronomical difference in climate in twenty minutes of driving. And that's something that you don't necessarily experience. In a lot of other growing areas. No, there's a lot of microclimates really close to us, right? Yeah. And like when you're talking about these really coastal vineyards that uh, you get some of this this fruit from, cold climate, torn up by the ocean. How many winemakers are really getting fruit from these vineyards around us? Not many. I mean, I I think that realistically, I mean, there's a decent amount of acreage now that we have out in the coast, but. But it's it's really you know it's probably three to four dozen winemakers that are really working with these. That's wines. nothing. When we got what four hundred plus wineries in yeah, Paso. Yeah, and there's not that many winemakers that are working with it, and it's it's it's, and some people they're not. It's a pain in the ass, really. <laughs> it's harder to make wine. <laughs> it can be. With that it fruit. can be a huge pain in the ass, and so it's it's it takes a little bit of tenacity to to work with some of this fruit. But um, but you know, growing up here my whole life, I'm really passionate about about, uh, you know bringing some sort of pride notoriety to the place that I was raised. You know, it's something special for me. It's, it's a big thing. Part of my driver is, the, is actually a, in, I'm inspired by where we're from. I'm inspired by the beautiful terroir that we are blessed with. I'm inspired by the people that I grew up with that make wine. The people that, you know, not just myself, but a lot of other people that make amazing wine. A lot of my mentors I've had. And um, I'm excited for the wines that we're making. So that's that. I think my, you for, should be. For me, it's all about it's all about bringing a little bit of pride to the old the good old Central Coast. You know? Our home, we love it. 
Now, we're going to try something else that's not from the Central Coast right now. And this is from a big vineyard. We're not going to say what it is. You're gonna, you, you'll see this winery in every gas station uh, in California for sure. Let's not, let's not demean it too much. It's, it's a good brand. Sure. They, they have great quality standards. But, but my biggest problem with them is they don't have the fruit character. And it's really hard to ride that line of great juicy fruit character but not being in any way jammy at all or overripe i think what you said earlier was super important yeah sure and, I, and especially being a brewer and this <laughs> okay i don't know if that was supposed to be demeaning no, or not it was, it was all gonna, love we're, we're just gonna edit that out <laughs> we're not there is oh, um come on a great man. balance there's great balance you think there's a ton of fruit on this one absolutely you do yeah it's just pruny fruit it's pruny fruit. <laughs> does, does that mean it's overripe, Aaron? Yeah, Fair but like, enough. look, I, I mean, like, imagine, I mean, I mean, look, I'm not going to end the brand. But it's a great imagine where they're growing this wine. Lodi. No, it's going to be hotter than balls. You know? It's going to be hotter than balls. <laughs> Sacramento. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very well-made wine for it, what, I mean, I don't know what the price point is, but I know in the brand, I'm not going to say here, is expectable. It's going to be pretty low. And yeah. this is a pretty damn well-made wine for the price point. The balance is impeccable. It but just doesn't have it doesn't it doesn't shout those 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 notes at you that that you get from a good quality the the fruit that you guys get. Yeah, I mean from it's, the it's, coast it's got here. a lot of that kind of you know baked fruit, a lot of cinnamon stick, got a lot of kind of those sweeter kind of uh, dark spice notes. It's got a lot of, like, funky oak on it. But it doesn't take it to the next level for me, right? Like, I mean, no. it, it's definitely there. Like, it's... it's. I could drink that. No, but, like... like it's, it's not, it's this not is obnoxious. A, look, we're going to if I was getting this is like If I was getting married, could I afford this guy's wine? Fuck no. Not for all my family. Are they, they worth me. that? God damn no. <laughs> I will, I will, I will it buy... It depends on who you oh, ask. Will you give me a, a if he'll give me a deal, yeah. Sometimes it falls off the back of a truck. I Sometimes. actually need two cakes of He's beer. He's Italian, remember? Uh, next week. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving on Thursday, and I need two cakes of beer. So This is a perfect time to Sounds ask you, George. Sounds like we're going to make a deal. Um, Let's but, make a deal. i got to give some credit to this to this, this wine, this brand that we're not going to name. Um, if... if uh, if you're so Christmas is coming up, right? Yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna go to your one of your family Christmas event, Christmas events, and you're gonna have that uncle. You know, what I'm talking about that uncle. I've got one. Oh man, and he pours that a glass of, of wine. A and he he takes the glass of wine. He sees, and we're drinking out of ridiculously stupid like. So he's. <laughs> I think these glasses actually holds like 15 ounces of wine easily, right? So a normal glass of wine and in particular these glasses is going to be basically a third full right but you know that you have that uncle he's going to fill that glass all the top 15 ounces of wine right well bottle is 25 ounces he's going to be three quarters of a damn bottle of wine in one glass this is the wine that you take for that uncle you make your own wine here under the slave totally. right nick totally yeah and, and uh, like so a little gamacy yeah have you had we that tempranillo it's, it's ridiculous. Wait, there's Tempranillo too. Yeah, yeah, I've only tried the Gamay. I'm, jeal- I'm jealous cool. of Nick's Tempranillo. Well, how can I taste how, it? And I'm like, I thought we were cool. friends, Nick. I, I, I know we're friends. <laughs> but you know, it's, I, but so it, you can make the, it right here under this house. Isn't I do. that beautiful? I do. Realistically, there's something about um, this is the Tin City podcast, and I think that you know one of the beauties about our opportunity to be able to do this is that we're so blessed. You know, like you interviewed. Valia last time around, right? Yeah. And then you got you got me and Nick on here. 
and obviously the my next door neighbors, baby. Yeah, the three of us are all neighbors, and and so, but the reality is that like, uh, there's just our whole vibe. We exemplify the Ten City spirit so much, you know. Like every day, it's it's always like, how can I help you? How can you help me? Do me a favor, you know. Tell me a joke. Pour me a drink. You know, throw throw a shaka, throw a smile. Like every day, it's it, all love. Every day, it's all love. It's like it, there isn't a single day that like all of us come to work that if we pass by each other, we're not going to be like, Aaron, how you doing, man? Like, tell me about your day. Like, let me, like, let's stop and have a chat. I stop you, know, you in your forklift all yeah. the time. Why we work or here, vice though. versa, yeah. right? It's not why we work here. It's not like, it's not the awkward wave. It's not like, Hey, hey no, you got to say hi to say hi. Yeah, it's, it's, we, it, we're genuinely excited to see yeah, each other. It's not like the neighbor that you actually hate that, like, uses his leaf blower at 6 a.m. every day that you're like, oh, God, we have to be friends. I don't even hate that guy. You know? But it's like, for me, it's like we come up and it's like, Patrick, what's up? It's like, man, how you doing, man? It's how all love, that? man. And then even outside of, like, what we've got going on on our day-to-day. You want some help with something? Man, I'm your guy. Oh, yeah. Or vice versa, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, and that's the beauty of this area. It is all love. And yeah. that's something I love the most about what we do here. And I think, like, we keep this spirit of past roles and speak the spirit of Central Coast alive in that regard. Because it's not that it's, like, necessarily going away, per se. It's just that that when you come from a small town like you and I have come from, Patrick, sure. like, that is the shit. The community is the thing that is founded and and kept these places alive. Is that like your neighbor? Roots, it, baby. Your neighbor is your best friend. They're the person that's there for you. It's the it's the whole freaking barn. And raising. don't you ever forget it. Yeah, it's like the barn raising thing, right? Yeah. And like in Tin City, we have got to have in a world where there's you know m- more wineries being built all the time and more businesses, whether they be distilleries or breweries or wineries or more people from even. Uh, newcomers from the area, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but but necessarily like you know people that that didn't grow up here. Like we are like really, really trying to like keep it real and keep the vibe alive. It's like whatever you need at any time of day, no matter what, 10 a.m., 9 a.m., 8 a.m., 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 10 p.m. I got you, man. I'm sure there's a Hawaiian word for that too. I think there is, <laughs> but your mother would know it and you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but but it is true. I mean, like like that that's the thing. We can always do good things for each other and reciprocate those things too. Yeah. So I love it. I love you. I love you. I love all you some bitches. If somebody is curious about finding Aaron Wines, yeah. what do they do? I just follow your nose. <laughs> oh, we have a lot of shot of Fort Delays. Oh, God, yes. If you want to find us, you can go to the Tin City Podcast at gmail.com. That's, an, that's one go away. Or on Instagram at Tin City Podcast. What we really would like you to do is to go to the Apple Podcast app, for instance, or any podcast app, and just write a review. Give a rating, give a review. It's the Tin City Podcast. So here's to those who wish you well, and those who don't <laughs> can go to hell. Gentlemen. Cheers, sir. Fortaleza. Fortaleza. Aaron, walk us through how you drink this one more time. Oh, you want you want we'll do a different one, right? What's the uh, what's the fucking one that she has? Damn. Just remember, just remember, there's no rush. It's uh, yeah, you're good. Called me out. I gotta think about like, it. It's uh, it's, 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 it's the it's the official. Right now, I'm gonna put Amber on the air. Oh, you should no, you should. This will be good to record. No, do it. Aaron says he has a very special, very heartfelt cheers that only you know. For Can you help us out here? What are we doing? Uh, it's the Amoblito cheers. What are you wearing? Tequila, Tacola, 
Arriba Abajo. No, we already did that one. Tequila Tequila. Yes. Yes. Wait, okay, hang on. I have to pour it on the Okay. We'll wait. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right, wait, wait. You're ready. Wait, wait. That wait. was fast. That was really fast. <laughs> you can tell what she was How doing. How are you already ready? Do <laughs> you have it going on? <laughs> are we ready? Uh, yeah. Amber, you had a drink in your hand, didn't you? It, I just, there's access. I have access. <laughs> ready. We're ready. Here we go. Tequila. 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 Makes, Makes you wanna, wanna holla. holla. <laughs> I'm a blito. I'm a blito. Oh my god. Why are people coughing? It's delicious. That's so good. What a bunch of wussies. like that, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for another round of the Tin City Podcast with Aaron Jackson, Nick Pearl, George Dumare, and Patrick Brooks. Party Thank on, you. Wayne. Party on, Garth. Party on, Jamie. Can we do another advertisement for the George Jamie Center for kids who want to read good and who also do other good things too? 